TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Hello and welcome to another edition of Living Better in San Diego, a public service presentation of the Intercom San Diego radio stations. I'm Amber Rainey. Chairman's Roundtable is a group of highly accomplished executives who devote their time to helping select San Diego companies navigate their business challenges. Faced with strategic, make-or-break decisions, CEOs of more than 400 companies have turned to CRT for pro bono guidance, learning from former CEOs and business unit leaders of companies such as Harley-Davidson, Burger King, Seagram, Freedom Communications, and SeaWorld. Joining us on the show today is Chairman and CEO Paul Thiel of Chairman's Roundtable. Welcome, Paul. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Now, I have never heard of Chairman's Roundtable before. Um, What exactly is it? (laughs) That puts you in the distinct majority of San Diegans. We often often refer to ourselves as the best-kept secret in San Diego. Uh, Hopefully, uh, cases like this are are changing that, but... uh, what Chairman's Roundtable is is a uh, nonprofit organization that was founded back in 1997 by some retired business leaders who wanted a combination of a hobby and a way to give back by using their particular skills in business. So what they did was they set up this uh, this group, which is truly unique in the country, that does pro bono mentoring and, and consulting for businesses on strategic issues, and would do it with a you know, variety of industries, the most famous alum. So we've done 600 companies to date over those 23 years. Uh, the most famous alum is Nixon Watches, which, of course, went on to be a, a giant global brand. But the other 599 or whatever there have been uh, run the gamut from, you know, construction companies to commercial bakeries, to advertising agencies and auto dealerships, and, and really is a representative sample of what makes San Diego, San Diego, you know, a lot of small business, a lot of entrepreneur activities um, in both traditional and tech and defense um, with issues that rise from growth. You know, the company San Diego has been growing as a market for many years and, and the growth has been fairly consistent over that time, you know, some dips here and there, like what we're dealing with now. And so our specialty has been helping companies deal with the issues that come with growth, whether it's cash flow or market share or whatever it might be. So are there requirements or who is eligible to receive your services? That's a a good question because it's changed recently. And that's part of the pandemic uh, pivot we've done. So um, one thing we, we don't do is we don't do startups. Um, that there's a lot of organizations in San Diego that do startups like Connect and so forth, and so we deliberately stay away from that. So one thing we do is we work with existing companies, and we define existing companies as we like to see a couple of million dollars in annualized revenue that's been going on for a couple of years. We will dip below that um, on a discretionary basis, but that's a that's a good ballpark. Until the pandemic hit, we were focused primarily on strategic issues around 
things like growth and exiting and, and what you might think of as good news situations. Um, you know, it might be a case where a company is looking at two mutually exclusive distribution options. You know, maybe one is to dig further into a local market and the other might be to expand regionally or nationally. And so we will use the Socratic method of working with the CEO to help him or her figure out what is, you know, what's going to give the best chance of success over the, over the long haul. Now, the issue with the pandemic, of course, is that the number one issue for most companies uh, has been to get to the next juncture, whether it's the next month or the next week in some cases, uh, because of a precipitous drop in demand and other issues related to the pandemic. So as a result of, of, of that, we pivoted a bit and said, okay, we're still not going to take startups because that's just not our thing, but we will start working with both nonprofits who need operational help as well and with companies that are pivoting in some way. Um, and by pivoting, that might mean changing their business model but, but producing what they've always done. Um, for example, we one of our current clients is uh, Regents Pizza in UTC, and Regents is the sixth busiest independent pizzeria in the country and they're really really good at what they do but when your pickup business goes to be a hundred percent of your business or your off-site business goes to be a hundred percent of the business it presents a couple a bunch of really unusual issues like you know crowds outside the door in an era of social distancing and things like that so we help work through some of those issues so that's one type of pivoting is doing the same business but doing it in a different way a second type is doing a whole new line of products. For instance, uh, we had brewers in San Diego who switched to doing hand sanitizers because that was, you know, first of all, it was a public good in doing that when hand sanitizers were really rare back in the beginning of the pandemic. Um, but beer, you know, consumption obviously fell as people couldn't go out as much, and that was a way they could pivot and make revenue uh, based exclusively on pandemic conditions. And then finally, uh, the third way of pivoting is just flat-out recession triage. You know, we may not have the opportunity to, to pivot. We might have issues that prevent us from doing business the way we used to or entering a new market. So how can we adjust our current business to survive to the next, you know, month or year? And in some cases, that means cutting down to a bare-bones you know, staff and product offering so that you can live to see, you know, July or August or, um, or 2021, whenever this uh, is, uh, is over. So those are the kind of three main ways that, um, you know, we've, we've elected to pivot our model to help other companies pivot theirs. And I'm assuming that you kind of match your mentors with the businesses that are asking for help. Absolutely, yeah. We match our mentors. One of the, in fact, one of the best ways to match we've found is we a lot of times we'll take we always we always assign two mentors per company um sometimes a third one will be added um, but it's always at least two um and, and almost always two itself and the way we i the way i like to do it is to have somebody with domain expertise which is to say they come from the industry that the mentee is in and somebody without domain expertise who might be good at something else because that way you get both an inside and outside perspective and it's a little bit less like talking to a mirror. So, you know, for example, in the, in the, in the region's case, um, one of our mentors is a guy named Jeff Campbell, who has retired, and now he's a professor in the hospitality program at SDSU. 
But Jeff was CEO of Burger King. He was CEO of Coco's and Caro's. He was the senior vice president of PepsiCo's restaurant division. I mean, just deep, deep domain expertise. And then there's me, and I like to eat at restaurants. That's my <laughs> domain expertise. <laughs> and so, uh, but but I my history is in, in marketing and interactive work and things like that. And that was applicable in this case because it helped, you know, helped us understand and make changes in terms of how, um, you know, ordering was done. And I also have a, an expertise and a history in logistics through, um, uh, I used to run a, a newspaper distribution operation. And so, you know, when you look at delivery issues, that kind of stuff comes into play. So we've found that Mixing mentors with domain expertise and non-domain expertise is a really tends to be a really good match. So you're the chairman and CEO. Um, obviously, this is not what you've done your entire life, and uh, you had uh, careers prior to this. What made you get into this line of work? It's just really fun. I mean, the, the, the five or six guys who started it were looking, like I said, for something to do that was both a hobby and a give back. And I think, you know, I, I'll, we have 45 mentors now. I'm, I'm, you know, obviously one of the group. And I've, because I'm the head of the group, I know almost all of them pretty well. And I think it's it's pretty much the same. You know, we have people who have had a lot of really good experiences um, in their careers. And now they, you know, some of them are retired and some of them are still working. But what they lack a lot of times in the rest of their lives, they get with CRT, which is terrific variety. Um, you know, in the in the years I've been doing it, I've mentored two commercial bakeries, an auto dealership, a building products company, a physician practice, an advertising agency, um, you know, a couple of restaurants, a candy company. I mean, it's just run the gamut. And what I find valuable about that is that from a from just a personal interest standpoint, it's fascinating to learn about these businesses and to try to help them. Um, but then also what you see is there's a lot of cross um, pollinization. You know, I still work. I'm the regional president for Northern Trust, which is a big wealth management firm. And I can tell you that some of the stuff I pick up from like a million dollar a year candy company has some applicability to a corner of our business. And I might not have ever thought of it had I not had this experience. So it's really, it's really enriching from a, both from a personal perspective and from a lifestyle perspective. Now you are a San Diego based company. Where exactly in San Diego are you located? We're essentially virtual, um, oh, okay. you know, when, when um, you know, because we always go to clients to meet there. We like to meet on-premise with the CEO, um, and we always insist the CEO has to be, you know, first of all, coachable, and it has to be his or her idea to have us in. You know, we, we, don't, we don't come in as some sort of, a, you know, oversight group under any circumstances. But so we always go to the, to the property um, wherever they work. When we're not in pandemic stage, we have a um, – an activity that, you know, some of your listeners might be interested in, in attending, and if they are, would, would love to have them when things get back to normal, which is to say, once a month, we have one of our clients come give a presentation. And they'll go over, you know, what the initial challenge was, what the analysis looks like, what their mentors have said, and they put on a presentation for about an hour, and then the entire group of mentors comment on that. And they bring to bear all of their collective expertise, which of course is many times the two mentors they already have. And you get really good insights from that. And we do that at Mince Levin's offices in Carmel Valley, right off the 805. So if you were to ask, you know, where are we based for realistic purposes, I'd say oddly enough at Mince Levin, but that's only a couple hours a month. 
Gotcha. And of course, that will start back up when things hopefully get back to normal sooner rather than later, right? <laughs> yeah, we certainly hope so. We've done. I think this week we did our sixth Zoom meeting version. And, um, you know, when we're getting, like everybody, we're getting better at it. But you still miss, like a lot of the fun of, of Chairman's Roundtable for the mentors um, is the social interaction, you know, before and after meetings. And, you know, as I think everybody is learning on Zoom or Blue Jeans or whatever video format you use, that... Uh, that pre-meeting and post-meeting, you know, casual time is just non-existent. Yeah, it's pretty much, all right, we'll see you later, and then click, you're off. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. If someone was interested in attending one of the Zoom meetings, where would they get that information from? What they could do is go to, you know, our website is is chairmansroundtable.com, and uh, and there's a contact us uh, button on there, and you can write to our executive directors named Christy Sarasoli, and they all go to her, or you can write to me directly. I'm at... um, uh, I'm at Paul Thiel at Gmail um, or, or Paul Thiel at CRT-SD.com, and we could let people in. You know, it's an invitation only, but, you know, we, we're happy to have people see that. And, um, you know, and we'll put them on the invitation list and, and have them to a meeting or two. But it's really an interesting, you know, in the past couple of years we've done, uh, you know, we've had Duckfoot, Brewer, Duckfoot Brewing, for example, uh, come in as they were opening a you know, they went from being a brewer to basically, like, basically being a restaurateur. So that was kind of an interesting case where we had some people in the room who had experience at taking, you know, one line of business and then getting into a whole different one that really didn't have a lot to do with the first one, but seemed like a good idea at the time. And, uh, and that leads to some really robust discussions around things like, you know, strategy and strategic intent and, you know, where exactly is the destination? You know, because a lot of entrepreneurs will build their businesses based on what's available at the time. And sometimes they're really successful, but they look up 10 years into it and they've got a, a potpourri of activities that's not coherent in many ways. Right. And so one of the things we end up dealing with is, you know, okay, you've been successful to this stage. To get to the next stage, let's try to align things a little better and maybe, you know, maybe not do as much of this, but do do more of that. Would you say with the pandemic that the restaurant industry is the hardest hit? Restaurants are, are very close to the hardest hit. I think the, the other area that's really, really badly hit is retail in general and hotels. Now, most hotels, I mean, I, I might get in trouble for saying most, but let's say most hotel rooms are owned by, you know, large corporations. Um, so, so the independent factor isn't big there. But in restaurants, particularly with um San Diego's thriving foodie scene and uh, and our great ability to generate all kinds of great new concepts in restaurants that is that is getting hit really you know pretty severely you know fortunately a lot of the you know the city and the county and so forth have made some adjustments with this you know dining outside and closing down streets in Little Italy and so forth to give them a little bit more breathing room but but it is tough it's a it's a tough market to be in right now Seeing that you help out uh, local restaurants that are uh, in need of help, I assume that you are privy to all the rules and regulations that uh, the industry has on them because of the pandemic, right? Yeah, we try to. Yeah, we we try to stay close to all that stuff and 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 put forward solutions that might be a little bit different than you know than what you might ordinarily come up with. But um, but it is you know it is challenging because the thing with this pandemic is you know you and we all know is that it's been a really squishy target. Like, you know, initially we didn't think the restaurant business had a hope and in, in, in a prayer on anything because remember in the first few days, the first few days and weeks, 
everybody thought that if you, you know, touched a cardboard box, yeah. that somebody who was, uh, <laughs> who was infected had touched a couple hours before, that, you know, you could get it. And that turns out to probably not be anywhere near as true as we thought originally. But, you know, when we were first working with restaurants at the beginning of this, that was the assumption. So it was like, how do you wipe down a cardboard box? How do you make people comfortable with, you know, whatever it is we're trying to do? If you literally can't touch things that other people have touched. So that's gone, that's gone away a little bit. Now, of course, on the restaurant side, it's been more a question of, okay, you can dine outside. You know, what does that mean? Um, and like I was at a restaurant, a non, non CRT client restaurant recently, and, and it was outdoor dining, but only in the most technical basis because it was, um, because it was basically four walls enclosed with an open roof and the roof even had partial closure on it. And so I, so I thought, you know, as we apply this to CRT, like, what does this mean? Is this truly outside? Like maybe it fits the legal standard, but you know, acting as a business person, you know, our concern is what liability might there be? You know, if this is, you know, if this is legal, but somebody could come in and say, look, it's not really outside, there's no ventilation here, then that would be some of the counsel that we might give our, our CRT clients. Now, when it comes to mentors, um, can anyone become a mentor for Chairman's Roundtable? No, we have a, we have a admissions process. Um, so if somebody wants to be a mentor, we, uh, we put them through a, you know, a series of interviews that's led by one of our board members, um, and then the board votes on them. And qualifications for mentors are pretty straightforward, but, but, you know, need to be adhered to to keep the, you know, the organization, you know, on a straight line. And those are, um, you know, you have to have been the top person at, you know, with some, some cases it's called president, some CEO, whatever the case is, but at a, at a qualified corporation. And a qualified corporation is a, you know, a private company with at least $10 million in revenue um, or a public company or a public company subsidiary. And there are a couple of wrinkles to that, but it has to be, you know, the top job. And occasionally we'll make an exception, but by and large of the 45 mentors we have now, 43 have been either chairman, CEO, president, or whatever it is with the top position. So that's, that's kind of qualification one. Uh, additionally, you can supplement that if you're a board director at a sizable private company or a public company. Um, but the, where the rubber really meets the road is, you know, you have to have a consultative, you know, kind of being. Like my, my wife, a couple of years ago, we were watching a TV show called The Prophet, you may be familiar with. Yes. And, yeah. So in The Prophet, this guy comes in and starts bossing everybody around and takes over the place. And, um, and CRT is not like that at all. But she said, you know, is that what you guys do? And I was like, no. I mean, that seems like it might be fun for a while. But, um, but our job is to come in and talk to the CEO and sometimes other members of senior management in a really interactive, Socratic way with a lot of and inherent in that is a lot of questions going back to them. Because in an ideal situation, we really like the CEO to come up with the idea and implement themselves. And if we are, you know, somebody who got them to think in a slightly different way that led them to that space, that's a big win. So the mentors have to have that kind of mindset. If they're a command and control uh, type of personality, that may not be a big fit. But probably the single biggest thing with mentors is they have to have just immutable integrity. And what I mean by that is one of the challenges we've always had at CRT is because it's free, people assume that there's some catch to it. 
And I get that. I mean, there have been organizations over the years that act like Trojan horses where they come in and say, we'll do this or that for free. But then the whole idea is they want to sell you a piece of software. They want to sell their consulting services or whatever the case is. Um, and CRT mentors are forbidden from taking any kind of remuneration, cash, stock, you know, gifts, whatever the case is, from their, from their clients. And over the course of the, of the 20 years, we've actually fired three mentors for violating that principle um, because that's, that's just how important it is. And I think it's only three because almost everybody expects it up front. But what that allows us to do is be completely and utterly independent. You know, what our clients get from us is what we think. It might be right, it might be wrong, it might be somewhere in between, but what they can be assured of is that it's completely independent thinking. And we're not, you know, in the business of, you know, sucking up to them so that they can get in our, you know, executive leadership group or something like that. And that's a really, it's probably the defining characteristic of CRT in a lot of ways is that kind of independence. All right. So I'm a CEO of a San Diego-based company, a coachable CEO here in San Diego. I meet all the criteria and I need some help with business challenges that are facing me. And I come to you guys and it's pro bono. Is there a catch? No, not at all. The only thing, um, the only, the only catch is you got to do the work. Um, you know, typically we, the way we like to set up is meetings every other week. You know, almost always on the on the, you know, with the company at their at their office. But they've got to do the work. So what that means is, you know, we're meeting every other week. We're getting homework. You know, so if we decide, for example, um, you know, let's go back to the to the Duckfoot situation a couple of years back. You know, they were Duckfoot is a um, non-gluten-free non, um, gluten company. One of the founders has celiac disease, so it's a, it's a gluten-free beer. Um, but they don't want to advertise being gluten-free because that will, you know, presumably cast a bit of a shadow over the taste or something, right? And so they want to be gluten-free for the people who know but seem like, you know, regular for everybody else. So we're going over the menu. You know, what was the menu going to be? And so every week, you know, they'd come up and they'd say, here's what we're thinking of. And we'd go back and say, okay, Here's, you know, here's our analysis of the menu and, and would frame that as questions. For example, you know, when they were in the early stages of doing this, we said, this looks like a, we, we, we look, this looks like a fabulous menu. Okay. But you have a fairly small footprint for a, for a place. How many individual items would you have to order to execute on this menu? Like what does your Cisco delivery look like every week? And, you know, it's 130 items. So then you say, well, how, how do you suppose the spoilage is going to be if you have to buy, you know, 18 pounds of burrata a week and, you know, you've got a thousand foot restaurant like, you know, and we walk them down down the path of this has to be a very tight menu. You can have a, as much variety as you can get with a very limited amount of ingredients. But getting to that process meant an iterative few weeks of, you know, saying, OK, this really doesn't work. Go back and do it again. And they'd come back and would do it again and, and so on and so forth till we till we got pretty dialed in. And now they're doing quite well. Um, but that process of doing the work is is a must because, you know, we're not going to waste our time having these meetings if if every week when we came back, nothing had been done. You know, but every time we came back, they were like, well, we swapped out this for this and these three ingredients for this one. And we think we're on the right track. And ultimately they were. Yeah, you just have to be coachable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think what you guys do is incredible, and it's right here in San Diego, which makes a huge difference in our community. Yeah, and it's, and it's really nowhere else in the world. You know, we um, we use a, the, the 
Cal State San Marcos has always been a good partner of ours. And, uh, you know, they have a program up there called the Senior Experience Project, which is to get a BA from Cal State San Marcos, you have to be on a team in your final semester as an undergrad where you have to work on a real-life problem for an organization out in the quote-unquote real world. And so we, we've, we've hired their students for years at CRT to do a project or two every, every semester. And one year, we said, you know, we, we kind of like what we do, but we're a bunch of business executives, and we hate working in a vacuum, right? We want to know how do other organizations do and how do they like this and how do they evaluate whether they're being successful and, you know, tell us how do we fit into the overall scheme of things of organizations like ours. And so they worked for six weeks and couldn't find a single organization like this. Um, so the answer was, well, we don't know. Um, but it was, <laughs> it, was <laughs> it was really illuminating that, that nothing like this had been done before. And, uh, you know, I understand that years ago, and I mean way back in the, in the 0405, that uh, somebody from Chairman's Roundtable had tried to start this in Orange County and the word was that culturally Orange County wasn't quite as give back oriented as San Diego. And maybe that's true. Maybe it isn't. That's what the, what the legend was. Um, so it's been purely San Diego. And the only exceptions we've had to that is um, we had a mentor temporarily move to Denver a couple of years ago. So we did one case in Denver with her while she was there. How did that go? Um, that went pretty well, only because she was there. Um, because otherwise it would have been it would have been interesting. But now with this pandemic situation, it's let us you know we haven't really you know figured out what we're going to do on this as a strategy yet as our organization. But the idea of doing everything by Zoom or by Blue Jeans or again I don't want to endorse any particular video platform, God forbid. But uh, whoever whoever video platform is your preference, um, you know we could conceivably do do uh, mentoring engagements with somebody in Michigan if we're you know. I mean, right now we're Zooming with people in PV, so, you know, they could easily be in Michigan or, or Saskatchewan. So that might be where we go in the future is to do is to broaden our geographic footprint by doing things electronically. But for now, it's, a, it's pretty much 100% San Diego. So, and again, your website is chairmansroundtable.com. And if people want to get in touch with you, it's Paul Thiel, T-H-I-E-L, at gmail.com. And is there a phone number if people want to call? Yeah, just um, uh, call, probably the best number is just to call me, uh, 858-824-1272. And, uh, and if you go to the website and you, you know, peruse around there, there is a page of our mentors, uh, you know, that will list who they are. And in most cases, there's a direct link to their LinkedIn page. So you can see, you know, in a fair amount of depth, you know, the, the types of things, the types of people we have on the, on the team. And where you know where those folks might be helpful, but it's a really you know it's a really broad group. We've got some you know one of the one of our mentors was the, one of the top two or three guys at SAIC when it was in the you know when it was in its heyday in San Diego. You know they've since moved to DC, um, but so big time defense expertise. And I already mentioned Jeff and his restaurant abilities. Uh, you know a lot of pharma and a lot of manufacturing, and so it's really a broad base of mentors who can who can attack problems from a variety of angles. Well, I got to tell you that I think what Chairman's Roundtable does is great. You guys do pro bono work. You help out local businesses here in San Diego. And I think that's just incredible. People definitely need to know about Chairman's Roundtable, especially uh, now with the pandemic. (laughs) I'm sure a lot of companies could use your help. 
Yeah, we, 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 you know, we're here for them. And, and, you know, one of the other wrinkles of the pandemic has been kind of, uh, it's something that we, we hadn't thought of, but it's turned out to be true, which is a lot of our, a lot of our mentors were, have been, you know, fairly financially successful. And a lot of them are retired now, which, you know, you put those two things together as well as, uh, you know, they're not all that young anymore. Generally, they're at least 50 and you end up with a lot of people who are traveling a lot of the time and seeing the world and enjoying their, you know, their spread out families or whatever the case may be. And the pandemic has pretty much put the brakes on that. And so as a result of the 45 mentors we have, we probably have 44 of them in town at any given point. And, you know, they have time on their hands and a desire to, you know, do this kind of work and they're good at it. So our capacity is, uh, is, is higher than it normally would be because normally probably 20 to 25 percent of our people at any given point would be in, you know, Bali or Japan or Europe or something, and they're just not traveling this year. Paul, thank you so much again for joining Living Better in San Diego and uh, educating us about Chairman's Roundtable. Again, that website, chairmansroundtable.com. And uh, is there anything else you'd like to add? Just know that we're here. Um, you know, it's, a, it's 23 years in existence, so we're not a fly-by-night organization. Dig around the website, look at the uh, at the endorsements of people like Dave Strobel at uh, Space Micro. And if you have any questions or want to talk or think you might want to apply, then please give me or Christy a yell and we'll take care of you. Yeah, it seems like you have the cream of the crop for mentors for uh, businesses here in San Diego that could help out. So that's amazing. Well, great. Thanks. We really appreciate it. It feels good to get comments like that. Thank you so much, Paul Feel. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Amber. Take care. That concludes another edition of Living Better in San Diego. The opinions expressed on Living Better in San Diego do not necessarily reflect the opinions and views of the staff and management of the Intercom San Diego radio stations. Episodes of Living Better in San Diego are available on the station's website. I'm Amber Rainey. Have a great day. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.